How's it going, everybody? We are back with another episode of Name to be Determined, but I think we have ideas, but we'll bring it up some other time. Um, it's myself, Sam, Sam Cookie, again, here with Matt and Charles, H-Double, and Maddie B, respectively. Uh, we're very excited for this podcast. We've got a couple of topics in the works that we're very excited to talk about, and I think it'll be a great episode today. So um, if you guys don't have any interjections, I guess I'll go ahead and start with the, the first topic. Mm, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, Sam Cookie, for putting respect on my name. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. It, it it took me a it took me a fat second to kind of think about what your nickname was for a second. I would have felt really bad if I toyed if I didn't think of it. So I got you. I got you. Just excited to to hear Sam uh, discuss this topic because I know it's a point of interest for him. A lot Ooh. of passion. Yes. So yes. very very passionate. I'm not the only one though. Respect to Matt as well too. We're both pretty excited about finally talking about baseball. Baseball is back. Oh, Charles. Wait, wait. I, I just remembered one thing. I do want to say one thing before we jump into that. Real quick. Sam, did you do your homework? What was my homework? Oh, he forgot. <laughs> and I think Matt forgot <laughs> too. Oh, it was the homework. Of Picking your team, bro. Uh, maybe Matt didn't forget. Um, yeah, uh, a soccer team. Actually, actually, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be complete. Just do you have any? any yeah, you can have ideas. We'll give you, yeah. we'll give okay. you the weekend. We'll give you the weekend. So, the weekend. so the next week. So the next Thursday. I was I was looking into some teams which which likes which I liked a little bit. Um, let me see if I can find it. Chelsea, I like Lions. Oh. They have a pretty cool little emblem, the circle with the line in the middle. I thought it was pretty cool. Okay, that's that's okay. That, is, that is England. Did you have any Germany ones that you liked? Uh, no, I didn't see any any teams from germany yet outside of um the team that you like was Bayern Bayern Munich yeah yeah oh Bayern Munich is pretty cool but I want to choose a different team so I'll do some more research on like a cool German team. hey at least you have ideas good job Sam yeah yeah and, and not not to throw any shade on you but it's, it's Brighton is, Brighton's better than Chelsea right now so they're doing better that's all I'm saying I don't know if I want to pick the the go to team though. I don't want to pick the underdog, you know. Like uh God. There's a team who won the Premier League like two years ago that is like super small. Mm, um, it's a big team that won it like two years ago. Oh. There's <laughs> a Liverpool, I think. God no, I gotta look it up. Oh, I was I was oh. I was gonna oh, say you're talking about like in 2013, it's like Leicester City. Yes, that was 2013, really. Yeah, Leicester City. Yeah, Le- Leicester I thought that City, was like yeah. 2019 or 2018. No, that was like I think it was either 2013, 2014, or 2014, 2015. Because when we were in high school, Dang. I was gonna say I brought this up because I actually was thinking about it, Matt. I was like watching some so- soccer, like my like Brighton would actually be kind of fun, and so that's what reminded me to ask Sam about if he did his homework. So, yeah, there we go. Okay. Maybe yeah. a group watching of soccer might be in order next time. But um, yeah, I don't want to – no more interjecting. Charles <laughs> likes to kill my energy. I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> baseball is finally back. I am so excited for baseball. I've been I've been egging Charles to talk about it week after week. He's like, oh, let's, let's put it off. No, we're finally talking about what? it. Uh, we're actually recording this on the day of opening day, so I, I guess we even more pumped up. I'm actually watching my home team, my favorite team, the Cardinals. Uh, they're actually playing right now. I'm having, I'm watching them play in the background as we speak. So excited! Uh, Matt is a huge Diamondbacks fan. He's all decked out in Diamondbacks gear. In case you guys aren't able to <laughs> notice. Throwing gang signs up too. I like that. No, they're just peace signs, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's very passionate for his team, though. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about the World Baseball Classic that ended a few days ago. Um, 
was very, very happy to see Team USA and Team Japan um, playing the finals game. Um, team USA was definitely the worst team coming into that matchup, I think, not bias at all or anything like that. But um, Team Japan looked crazy good. Uh, Lars Newbar, Shohei Osani, he's a literal freak right now. Um, probably the best baseball athlete in the world right now. And I don't think that's even an argument. So it was pretty cool to see. But um, yeah, what any, do you guys have any thoughts on the World Baseball Classic? Um, I can go. I think I I thought the the championship game was pretty good. Um, what what was it? Did it end up being three two? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty I sure. was three two. I'm pretty sure. Um, I know the U.S. had a one zero lead. And then they lost it, and it was three one. Then it was three two. Um, I thought potentially, like potentially, they could have won it. But I mean, in all honesty, Japan was like the best team the whole tournament. And yeah. I know I don't want to say it's Rob Manfred, but one of the some of the players though um, have said that the next World Baseball Classic, they want more starting pitching to actually be on Team USA because you had not not say that these guys are bad, but I mean when your ace is Adam Wainwright, who on the Cardinals is probably what, like your fourth or fifth guy, or was your fourth or fifth guy, you know? Yeah. That's I mean, that that's just kind of hard to like, you know, have quality starts every single time. You know, it's not like Max Scherzer or like anyone else like that is coming off the mound, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's something that Team USA can look back on and be like, man, we really should have done better with that. But at the same time, people like Mookie Betts, Trout, all of them had like a lot of fun and kind of were like promoters of the World Baseball Classic. So I feel like it was a good win for the USA, like publicly, like with like PR and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, they didn't win. But I still think it was a good time and a good experience for everyone, at least from what I saw. And the game was actually really good for the championship game. Like it wasn't a blowout; it was close to the end. Um, I mean, but the better team did win. I'd say Japan's team was better. But I definitely agree with what Matt just said about how it really helped put you know excitement and. Americans' minds and for baseball again, I would say. I think that was a really nice step up and getting, you know, attraction for the baseball season and, and props because it was going on right around the start of March Madness. I still felt like it was something that was important <laughs> to a lot of people. So I think that was a win, uh, definitely. But yeah, I mean, I got most of my knowledge from you two, and the general consensus from what I got was that USA was going to lose to Japan. And so, obviously, when they did, I wasn't that shocked. But really, it's just about admiring Shohei Otani and, and how good this guy is and how great he is for the game of baseball and to see what he's able to do. And then, obviously, it's the him against Mike Trout. He throws the 100-mile-per-hour fastballs, three of them, or, or maybe it was two in a row. I can't remember. And he throws that slider. You know, just to see how this guy can also hit as well as he can. It's just uh, something that I don't want to take for granted. And... I think that really, you know, the excitement of the World Baseball Classic, I think, will translate well into the MLB. And I think some of the potential rule changes, which I know we're talking about next, mm-hmm. could also uh, bring some excitement as well. So I think baseballs compared to previous two years, is definitely in a better state in terms of fan interest. So I think that's really good because, you know, like we talked about, baseball is America's pastime. It's, you know, it's got its place here and it deserves some respect for sure. And I'm glad to see that it's getting more recognition. And it looks like Sam still lets his phone buzz off during the podcast. Things, some things never change. <laughs> some things do never change. I, I don't want to throw shade. I think it, it buzzed on Matt too in the beginning, but oh, it was, no, it was Sam. Mine's on, mine's on silent. Oh, okay. Sorry, Sam. But yeah, yeah those are my, those are my world baseball maybe, thoughts. Now, maybe I should just hold it in my hand. So I just, no, my, now my phone probably did sound like maybe a little loud because I, I was starting our timer. Because remember, I'm the time mm, guy. That is true. So, that's true. Sorry, yeah, Sam. I, you just I you, you had to ruin the. I guess you were tired of my my statement. You had to inter- interfere yeah, I, yourself. So I actually did that on purpose. To, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But um, yeah, no. Uh, good transition 
there's a lot of uh, really good, I think, rules that Rob Manfred actually introduced to the MLB starting this season. Um, I'm actually really happy with a lot of these. I know there's been a bit of controversy with some people about some of the rules, having them change, but I think they're all pretty nice. So um, I think I could share one of the first rules that we could all talk about it a little bit. Um, I personally think this is the the biggest rule change that was introduced this year, which was the um, the pitch clock that was introduced. Um, so it was originally introduced in the minor league starting last year. Um, it seemed like a lot of people enjoyed it. Um, they're starting it for the first time this year, starting with spring training. And it feels like there's been a lot of humps and um, things to change with players getting adjusted to it. But I think everyone kind of likes it more as they get used to it. So what do you guys think? Um, for me, I know I read something that said the average um, game last year for baseball was three hours, which is like an average, right? That's not saying that's the maxest average. Um, but now they say because of the pitch clock, it's reduced it to two and a half hours as the average, which for me makes it a lot more appealing to watch because when you like have something on for like four hours and like action only happens for maybe like 10 minutes of it, you know, like you just see this guy pitch or all this kind of stuff. It's just like, ugh, like kind of boring, you know what I'm saying? But now it's two and a half hours. Like there's constantly people pitching in the batter's box, all that kind of stuff. It, it makes it a lot easier to like watch and do stuff I, I know people have a hard time watching soccer because they say it's boring granted for me i don't see it as boring because there's action all the time you know like the ball is moving etc all that kind of stuff but it's very comparable now because um like in soccer like you're only gonna do like about two hours the actual like that's how much you set aside because the half time is 15 minutes there's no like ads and stuff it's just 45 minute playing 15-minute ad, 45-minute playing, right? And so I think it's kind of getting back to that um, for baseball, which I think is nice. Um, and I, I think I enjoy, I think I enjoy it, and I think it's it's good as well. And it gives an incentive because, you know, I think it's if you take too long, it's like a strike if the batter takes too long. But if the pitcher takes too long, I think it's a ball or something like that. So I think it's pretty cool. I So you mentioned, Sam, that, Rob Manfred, there's a little bit of controversy with these new rules being implemented. And I feel like that has to do with the longtime baseball fans, you know, because this is pretty, you know, significant changes to the game they've grown accustomed to. And I think it's definitely going to be a little interesting at first because, you know, there was obviously, what was it, a spring training game, that viral clip of a pitcher striking someone out in 20 seconds. When, you know, baseball is one of those things where you – you know, sometimes like it's, it's that slow game. And, you know, like, especially I would say playoff baseball, which I watch a lot more when, you know, there's, it's a big inning and it takes a long time and long time between pitches, you know, that's going to change. So that's going to be an adjustment, but overall, I, I do think a lot of people are excited. Like you guys are, you know, baseball fans. And I do think it's going to be an exciting change when I heard about it and saw that this was coming. I, I thought to myself, yeah, I think that'd be pretty good for the MLB because I do think the games last a little too long and you know it's a very long schedule so it is a lot of baseball and when the games are three hours a little above three hours on average and they play that many games it's a it's a drag and that's why the fan interest I'd say has gone down for sure and so being able to speed it up with adding new rules and obviously there's other rules that they've they've made as well not just the pitch count but being able to speed the game up I do think that's a a significant improvement for the MLB. And I do think it's going to, I like it personally. I, I know some players, it's going to be an adjustment for sure, but I, I like the, the speed up of the game, make it a little, a little faster. That's just, that's just me. But I, I know part of me is going to miss that, that feeling of baseball, you know, cause it's got that homey feeling, you know, when it's kind of that slow game and you're, it's really kind of relaxing and, and this will speed up a little bit, but since there's still so many games in the long run, I think it'll actually kind of, just kind of help improve the game without being too big of a notice until maybe like the playoffs, you know, then mm -hmm. I think it'll be more noticeable, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I have no complaints. I like the addition of balls and strikes if they take too long. So that's yeah. just me. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I think it's a, a giant change for the better. Um, 
I know, as Charles was mentioning, a lot of like old heads might think differently just because it's been such a long-standing world and not have one in the first place. But I think it's definitely for the better. The, the yeah, to be honest, the game is dying a little bit in popularity, especially with how like big sports like the NFL is taking everyone's attentions. Um, it's just what the MLB needed, I think, to speed the game up a little bit with introducing a pitch clock, just because. Um, it, I think a lot of younger generations' attention spans aren't as like good as older people's attention spans, so we can't really like focus on one thing. If if a pitcher takes like thirty seconds to pitch, and there's eight pitches in uh, in that bat, you know, so I think it's definitely for the better. Um, a lot of people will get more attracted to the game if the game speeds up more and gets a little bit more exciting with that too. Um, so I think it's all the way for the better. So it's great. Go baseball. Yeah. You think- um, did you want to talk about any of the other rule changes? Like, do you want me to give you one that I think is kind of interesting? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, tell me what okay. rule change is interesting to you. Um, for me, the one that I think is interesting is you can't do um, the shifts anymore. You know, you know what I'm taking, talking about, right, Sam? Yeah. Basically, where if you have a hitter who typically hits to the left side, you can do a shift to where basically everyone but the first baseman pretty much, you know, is over there. Um, and I forget why they um, banned it. I, I, for, I forgot why. But my initial reaction to it was I don't really like it. And the reason why I, I say I don't like it is because – like if we're talking about like trying to win and strategy and all that kind of stuff, if you know that one player hits a certain way each time, like why would you not do that? Like it's a risk for sure, because what if they hit it in the gap? Then, you know, of course it's a, you know, it's a hit, even if it's like a slow ground ball. Right. You know, but that's like kind of the risk and everything like that. And so I don't know, to me, I don't know if I really like that one that much, but I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Yeah. I, you know, this is kind of, you know, for the the old heads, kind of a flip in the other way because they're going back to original baseball. There's no more shift. Really, you know, I, I kind of agree with you, Matt, because uh, I do like the level of strategy involved in it. But they're they're doing this rule to add more excitement because there's a stat I'm, I'm on ESPN now. The batting average league wide was uh, 243, which is the lowest since 68. So obviously the lack of hits, it really affects lefties a lot too. But the lot the shift really does hurt a lot of, you know, hitting ability. And obviously mm-hmm. the singles is like this was the third lowest this past year in history. And then 2021 and 2020 were even lower as the top three least amount of singles in MLB history, uh, like rate per team uh per game. So that's really, you know, they're just trying to it's all about bringing more excitement to baseball and more. You know, because obviously people, you know, when, when there's big hits, that's what, you know, can get the crowd going. And so that's really, you know, what it is. Now, do I personally agree with it? I mean, it's more exciting to watch, so I can't complain about that. But from a strategy standpoint, I definitely see what you're saying, Matt. So, but obviously we all grew up playing baseball, you know, the traditional way of no shift. And so and it'll kind of go back to those roots again for kids growing up, you know, and there's no shift that you have to learn when you're in high school or whatever whenever you learn it you know it'll be back to for now at least traditional baseball there's no shift anymore so i don't know i i think i'm okay with it personally just on my perspective but i totally get what you're saying matt so yeah it's a it's a fair point definitely to not like banning a shift just for strategy wise um but i'd have to disagree too i i love it's not a total ban of shifts so uh, fielders can move around a little bit, but um, the rule change, from what I know, it basically um, rules out to where you can't have all the fielders on like one side of the field. So if there's like a really um, dominant like right-handed hitter that only hits to like left field, you can't have all your fielders to be at left field and have no one on the right field, which is weird to look at. Definitely, it's cool. It's really cool for strategy. Um, but I'm I'm mainly glad that they kind of removed it just because um, I think this is Rob Manfred again. Uh, he came out when he was questioned about it. He was saying um, 
it's more great for the game just because it puts a lot more balls in play. And I always think that's more fun to watch too, just um, compared to teams just strategizing more and either getting um, the other team allowing like a, a triple or a, a true out or as like a true income for both ways. But um, no, I think it's more fun to watch more balls in play. Um, it's definitely, it's more exciting to watch too as a more casual fan, um, just seeing those kind of things happen because it can kind of get boring just seeing fly balls all the time or ground balls and just outs and strikeouts, you know. It's great for strategy, but I don't know if MLB is the perfect game for strategy. It's just kind of more of a casual game to watch. So I really like the rule restrictions for shifts. Yeah, I was just thinking about it from, uh, you know, a team perspective, a MLB team, you know, they might not like it as much, but from fan perspective, like for sure, it's great. So that's all I had to say about that. So just a quick rule change. That was my favorite. I like the bigger bases. Oh yeah. I like me some big, big, I like some big bases. Uh, I think there'll be less injuries. I think. Yeah. And easier to, easier, easier for the slow guys to maybe be safe more often. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's definitely... a little bigger. It's a little shorter of a distance to travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a win ruling. Um, a lot like with restricting um, ships with bigger bases comes more base stealing. Um, I don't have the stat in front of me, but 2021 and before years before that were some of the lowest for base stealing. So yeah, I think the game is trying to improve that rate just a little bit too. To improve. yeah. They have the the pickoff rule too, which we we won't really get into. But the new pickoff rule too, you know, yeah. that's going to increase uh, base stealing because I guess that rate was really really low this past year as yeah. well. So yeah. yeah, I think the the game wants to introduce more athleticism and besides just the oh, yeah. better doing things and yeah, just standing there, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it's great. You know, I don't have any complaints at all for these kind of rulings. Yeah, did you? Uh, I don't know. We're probably. Overtime or right on time, but I know. Yeah, we're close. We're like at eighteen minutes. So oh, okay. We can, well, real quick, Sam, you give us a quick rundown on the Cardinals. I know you wanted to talk about them. What What are you? What are your expectations? Um, with the Cardinals, they are definitely a, a big market team, so they always leave fans with high expectations. I am really high on the Cardinals this year. Um. For the guys that are just listening, I'm actually wearing a Paul Goldschmidt spring training jersey. Because I was so excited when they traded for Paul Goldschmidt. Matt, I'm sorry, as a GVAX fan, he's a really good player. Um, it's just it's it's such a blessing to have guys like Goldie, um, Arenado, Tommy Edmond, even um, Wilson Contreras that we just traded for this year. It is amazing to watch definitely um another player i'm really really hacked on is jordan walker he actually um started training last year um in the minor leagues in springfield double a baseball and he finally got the call up to the major leagues he's only 20 years old but it was long awaited it was much overdue too but um yeah no it's super excited to see him he made the opening day roster this year so uh, hopes are super high for him too. I think it'll just be super exciting to watch. I'm just waiting so for Sam, give us uh give us a strength of the Cardinals and a weakness of the Cardinals as of right like from right now. Like obviously later in the season you can tell us, you know, what it is, but as of right now, what's a strength, what's a weakness? Uh strength is definitely infield. Um we had the best infield in the MLB last year with Arenado, Goldie, Tommy Edmond, um I believe we had a rotation of Daniel Carlson too. Um, sometimes Tyler O'Neill would play in the infield too, but um, it'll get even better this year. Uh, Wilson Contreras taking up the catcher position. He's one of the best catchers in the MLB, um, probably top five at least. And then Jordan Walker, he's really good. Um, he mainly plays third base, but Arnado plays third base. Um, he could also play shortstop too, so that just adds another weapon that we could have in the infield, which is awesome. The the worst aspect about the Cardinals for now, at least, is definitely the pitching. I'm not proud of it. We have Miles Michaelis starting this year, and we just signed into an extension in the offseason, but he's a pretty 
Matt pitcher now. And he's our best guy in our rotation, which is not super exciting. Oh, I'm just real quick. I'm just looking at the Carls right now. The nine runs, 19 yeah. hits they give it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least it's high. Like at least it looks high, like a but... great game, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, nine, it's, nine, like that, it's that's pretty super, cool. Yeah, it's a super fun game to watch. Um, I'm watching them as we talk about it right now. But um, yeah, I, I'm just hoping pitchers are kind of settling into the pitch clock and having to make pitches so quickly. Maybe they're kind of off on their accuracy with how quickly they have to make curveballs. But, um, yeah, no, we have Michaelis, Montgomery, Wayno. Um, that's to round off the top three, I believe. It's pretty underwhelming, I think. Jordan Montgomery was a great add last season. Um, but kind of as Matt was saying, Adam Wainwright is, is amazing. He actually – so something really cool that I got to watch happen um, – Wainwright, he's not pitching today, but he actually sang the national anthem to start the game today, which is really cool, I think. Um, there's a really cool clip out there that they introduce Adam Wainwright as they're talking about the lineups, and um, and they're actually announcing to the crowd who they were going to um, perform the national anthem for. Kind of surprised everyone because Adam Wainwright stepped out and just started singing the national anthem, so I thought it was really cool too, but yeah, no, pitching is definitely the weakness for the Cardinals this year. So hopefully we can set that up a little bit. And starting pitching, right, Sam? Yeah, starting pitching. Sorry. And then what is the outlook? Do you guys make playoffs in the division? What is what do you think? Um well, I, I don't want to take up too much time. I want to let you talk about your D backs a little bit, but um I think it's gonna be pretty easy to take the division this year. We don't have a whole lot of competition. Um, in the NL Central besides us, but um, yeah, no, uh, we have such like a high payroll and so much talent in our team that we're probably gonna make the playoffs too easily. I hope. I'm just waiting for that, you know, wild card exit. But <laughs> no, it's uh, in classic Cardinals fashion. <laughs> we're actually gonna jump straight from the wild card to the divisional round this year, so we can't even choke. We can't even choke if we don't make the wild card. So. That is true. I guess you're right. Yeah, sorry. Divisional round choke. There you go. Thanks for correcting me. Okay, that works. I'll take that. I'll uh, I'll give a quick update on the Diamondbacks just because I know we have another topic that we'd like to discuss. Um, Diamondbacks aren't as good as the Cardinals. Everyone knows that. Um, I would say a strength of the Diamondbacks is how young of a team we are and how many opportunities we're going to give new players. Um, we have supposedly, supposedly, we have the NL Rookie of the Year candidate on our team, Corbin Carroll. He's an outfielder for us. Um, he's actually pretty good. Um, but also we have a couple pitchers coming up who will probably start later in the year, as well as uh, Zach Gallon is still pretty young. He was in the Cy Young Award conversation last year. And we also have a catcher that we um, traded for from the Mariners, I believe, who's pretty good. Um, but yeah, definitely being young is, I think, a strength of the Diamondbacks. We don't really have as much payroll because we're a smaller market team, unlike the Cardinals and stuff. Um, but I would say the weakness that the Diamondbacks have is bullpen. Our bullpen is terrible. It's probably atrocious. Um, and so for me, playoff hopes, basically for me, if the Diamondbacks can get closer to 500 and or a playoff spot, like a wild card, that would be great because there's no way we're beating the Dodgers or Padres for the division. So, yeah, it's definitely. I think, I think yeah. realistic goal is Diamondbacks are close to 500. Dream season is they make the playoff as a wild card and get to play a couple games. It's definitely a, a tougher division to play in. The Dodgers are like one of the teams to beat still. And then you have the Padres and the Rockies. It's just crazy. Oh, and the Giants. And so. the Giants, too. Don't forget about them. Yeah. Yeah, the NOS isn't, isn't kind. So Yeah, no. It's, it's definitely cool to talk about, though, with two different perspectives. Even with Charles, too. We have one fan that doesn't really know a whole lot about baseball, which isn't bad. Then we have another fan that is a huge fan of a small market team and then a fan of a really big market team. 
So it's awesome to talk about with all the three pretty different perspectives like that. So you're just what I've learned is you're a bandwagon. Um, I could be a bandwagon as much as I'm wearing a jersey. Uh, you're wearing a buck shirt, and we're talking about baseball. So, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. If you're calling me a bandwagon, you're even more of a bandwagon. Whoa! <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> uh, well, I I don't actually think thinking about it. I don't remember you wearing a Bucks shirt before they won the NBA championship. Uh, that so. is false. I could make an argument. I, I have to totally, I just let Matt talk for me, honestly. I'm, I'm good. Matt's got my back. I totally, Charles, I totally Charles is like the Bucks since like I met him in like eighth grade. Yeah, no, I and we also be like there he is. And the, and the Suns. That's why we bonded because of the Suns. But yeah. the Bucks are his team. Well, they're yeah, they're it, yeah. I don't know, it's close. They're they're still both. Well, you there, chose but. you chose the Bucks over the Suns. For yeah. the finals, so I that did. kind of solidified your team. Yeah. All right. Just but saying. yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but when it comes to small market teams, yeah, how about the and Ravens, bro. There is pretty there much was a, small market. There's a couple shirts I could have worn today, but I just could couldn't put myself up to it. Um, <laughs> they are Raven shirts, cool. and some of them are specifically Lamar Jackson shirts that a good friend of mine gave me, CB. And I'm kind of staring at them now. I haven't worn them in a long time. I don't know if I can wear them again. So I'm just being completely honest. It's Lamar, Lamar Jackson. We we talked about him a little bit a couple episodes ago, but we didn't feel like we gave him, you know, the light of day to really talk about the situation. We kind of rushed through it. Now, unfortunately, Sam's baseball has taken up more time than we would have liked. So Lamar might get a little rushed again. But, yeah, I just, I mean – I want to know your guys' thoughts because we kind of talked about where we would like to see him go and why we don't think a team has mm-hmm. signed him. But what do you guys think about – because since we've talked, he has put out some some tweets that are worth talking about. And so I wanted to talk about first – I'm sure people, if you follow the NFL, you've seen these tweets by now. I will read it to you real quick, though, um, so you guys know the tweet that Lamar sent out. This was on – March 27th, Monday, this past Monday. And he tweeted out a letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for all the love and support you constantly show towards me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions in regards to my future plans. As of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. And everyone that's has met me or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore, Flock Nation, and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. Real quick, what are just initial impressions or thoughts on on the tweet? Um, I mean, for me, I kind of, I was not surprised at all by it like it kind of felt like that's kind of where it headed and I mean I don't really know what the Ravens are doing like and at the same time I understand like he's been hurt the past couple years hasn't been maybe as reliable like durable as you'd want him to be but I mean there was I mean after Joe Flacco I mean you got Lamar you know there hasn't really been a drop-off in performance like yeah has Lamar not been the best in the playoffs yeah but at the same time it's also like those playoff teams have 16 now 17 games worth of tape they know what you do and if you don't have anyone if you only have one version of your guys itself you can't really do much with it you know um so to me I wasn't surprised um, I kind of figured there was something going on because March 7th is whenever they gave him like that franchise tag thing, you know, um, which Lamar still hasn't signed yet. Um, he has until I think it's like July 10th or something to sign it. If not, I forget. I think he just is on his like rookie deal, I think, or something. Um, but yeah, I wasn't surprised at all. I I want to give Sam some time to talk about it, because, but I want to talk more, I think, a little bit about his destinations. Cause I think that's for me a little bit more surprising. So I'll let Sam talk about the tweet. 
Oh, I definitely have some thoughts about Omar. I love him, <laughs> man. No. No, he's well, a, you picked him to win MVP last episode, so I did. That's yeah. true. I did pick him to win MVP last uh, last episode. Uh gosh, I don't know. Omar, Omar, Omar. I mean, he's a really good player. He's a great player. I mean, I can't deny that. But like Matt said, there's a lot of game tape uh over Omar now. Um it's kind of sad to watch him kind of crumbling, going through this train wreck. He doesn't have an agent, remind everyone, but um yeah, putting out all of these tweets. It's great to say that he loves his fans, you know, but it's kind of doesn't come off very well to say it's just like a business decision, you know, and you kind of denied your former team. You know, that's a fan base that everyone kind of grew up watching you and you become a superstar and an MVP at. So I don't think it's a really good look for Omar. He definitely should just stop tweeting and yes. an agent. Troll, yes, troll I was literally going to say that. Yeah, no, literally, just just get an agent, man. You're such a good, you're such a good NFL talent. I know that you want the money. I know there should be a really big contract for you coming up, but um, the the landscape for um, QB contracts has kind of changed, especially with Mahomes getting a half a billion dollars, ridiculous, and Deshaun Watson getting. A crazy amount of guaranteed money from the Browns. I there's still no clue what the Browns are thinking, but Omar just needs to get an agent, settle down a little bit, and actually like treat this as a business decision that he was saying it was, and actually treat this right and not make everyone mad at him, not make everyone think that he's stupid for doing all this stuff and declining everything, but people don't really know what the back of it, the story is. So, yeah, real quick, shout out to the Cardinals for losing. Sorry, I had to say that. Um, oh, anyways, yeah, they lost tonight. Okay, so, yeah, well, Mars actually getting a lot of criticism right now, I would say. I mean, I know there's still a lot of support, but I think he's actually getting a, a good amount of criticism, and I honestly can't really defend him going to Twitter to tweet about this stuff necessarily, because like you said, Sam, this isn't really a – it's not a business mindset. It's not the most professional to tweet about, you know, the business you're involved in, right? And the tweet he tweeted the next day, I actually had more of an issue with as well, which I'll read in a second. But I wasn't, you know, it's hard for me to defend how he's handling this because he's already in a, a tough situation right now with how the, the the market is and how it seems like the owners want to play this market after the Sean Watson contract. And I don't think he's doing himself any favors how he's approaching this. And that just because is because he doesn't have an agent. You know, he, he tweeted this trade tweet right before the meeting, owners meeting, like literally right before it or right during it when the start of it. But if he had an agent there, that would help so much to have them an agent in contact with all those teams. But it's just him. And I, I truly think with how he's responding on Twitter, especially his tweet the next day, I don't think teams really have reached out yet to him. And obviously I know they might wait till after the draft. That definitely seems more possible. Uh, than right now but you know you can just tell he's frustrated and I just don't think like I said he's handling it uh, in the best way that he could be definitely and I really think that comes down to not having an agent which has made the the relationship and the contract talk with the Ravens a lot harder too and really made that relationship fractured and so that's kind of tough to defend Lamar on and I know he's holding on to the Deshaun Watson deal as leverage and I totally get that but it's I think he's got to let it go, or at least he's holding out hope until Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts get their contracts to see what they get, you know. But who knows when they're going to get signed because they're up for extension this uh, this summer. So uh, it's it's just a tough situation, and I, I don't like how he's going to Twitter for it. The the last thing I, or the other tweet he tweeted the next day because there's reports or there's rumors that this is a response to the Falcons was a coach or owner. Who said that owner. Lamar was an owner? Lamar, he said at the at his conference, press conference at the owners meeting that Lamar, because a lot of the owners have been getting asked or, and coaches have been getting asked about him, obviously. He said that Lamar hasn't been durable. You know, hasn't shown he's durable. You know, he said this stuff. And then Lamar tweeted later, which it's not confirmed it's a, that's a direct response, but people kind of think it might be. He said, um, I don't remember me sitting out on my guys week one versus Jets to week 12 versus Broncos. 
how come all of a sudden I sit out because of money in which I could have gotten hurt at any time within that time frame when we know the Super Bowl been on my mind since April 2018? Let's get real. I'd rather have a 100% PCL than go out there and play horrible, forcing myself to put my guys in a bad situation. Now, that's selfish to me. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't like how he goes to Twitter for that because that's the way to represent himself in his eyes, and I don't think that's the, the proper way to do that. So, I, I mean, I obviously still am rooting for Lamar, but it's I can't really defend these tweets and how he's going to Twitter for this, to be honest. So I, I, I really don't know what's how it's going to play out, to be honest. I mean, obviously there's some destinations that Matt wanted to discuss, but – I truly am kind of – it's a question mark right now. I don't really know. And like I said, I think he's – I don't know. He might be, like, you know, seeing what these other younger quarterbacks get and, you know, comparing maybe trying to use that as leverage. But he really – a lot of people are pinning him as selfish because of how much money he wants because he's really holding on to the Deshaun Watson contract, which everyone says is – or everyone agrees is an outlier. So, I mean, like I said, I'm rooting for him more. But I wish he'd get more money from the Ravens. I do think they shot for him more. I don't think he should get what he's asking for, though. I do agree. But, yeah, those are those are my thoughts. So I do know he says he wants his new contract to be, like, a benchmark for quarterbacks of his ability to get paid. Because he's like, I want to get paid so everyone else around me can get that same amount of money, you know. And I get that, and I think that's good. But at the end of the day, I think it also is, like, it's a little like you're kind of – putting money over even the guys in your clubhouse and stuff like that. Like Tom Brady, should he have gotten paid a lot more during his career in New England? Like 1000%. But he always took pay cuts so he could have other things and other people, you know? And I think, I think everyone knew that Tom Brady was underpaid, but because he was underpaid, they were able to do other things and win, you know? And so I think instead of trying to do that, I think right now it's almost like a me, 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 instead of looking around and saying, I want to get paid, but I want my team to get paid in the Super Bowl, you know? Um, And it's weird because the only two teams that have said anything about Lamar, like even potentially like wanting him has been the Colts who need a quarterback. And then the Patriots are the only two teams. And granted, um, this morning, like Asante Samuel said, hey, uh, Belichick is hard to work with, et cetera, you know, yeah. which isn't a surprise. But I mean, if he really wants to win as a team and all that kind of stuff, like, I think it'd be a good place to go. But I, I think Lamar won. He needs to stop tweeting. He's like Donald Trump, you know, he's just tweeting and getting himself <laughs> in trouble, which, yeah. which I mean, here's the thing. Like, is it? Should he have to defend himself? No, like he knows he's been durable. So why say anything? Just like let it like not affect you. That's that's you know? one of the issues I've had with Lamar. I remember last year when he got real upset at that one guy was going at him on Twitter, and I was like, Lamar, this is not. He gets way too, you know, I guess emotional, defensive. I don't know how you want to say it sometimes. And I, I'm like, you, you know, you're you're better than that. You don't, you know, you don't need to get sucked up in that. And it makes him, you know, look you know, puts them in a bad light. So I totally agree with you on that. So, yeah, for me, I just think he needs to either get an agent or just take a deal that gets him paid, you know, but it seems like his value has gone down a little bit since he started tweeting and doing other stuff because it's almost like I get wanting to represent yourself, and I think it's totally fine if you do. Like, you have the best interest for yourself. But if you do that, you have to realize sometimes you're going to cause fractures within organization. And sometimes those aren't repaired because it's between you and that person rather than having a middleman. You know, you can always fire the middleman, but it's kind of hard to fire upper management or fire the quarterback. Right. So I don't know. It's very interesting to see how it's going to play out. Honestly, I don't think anything's going to happen until after the draft. And even then, I don't think things will happen maybe till the start of this. I, I don't know. Honestly. I don't know. Yeah. It's a question mark. I have no idea. Reports are conflicting. So I, I also heard a report Patriots are not interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, it is – it's a little bit, I think, too much about money, money, money. Because, well, I still think he 
probably should get more or deserves more. He still, it's a lot of money he'd get no matter what, right? Like, it is a lot of money. So, because what was the Ravens deal? 133 million guaranteed with an extra 50 if he finishes out the, the contract, but it was like a uh, five year 230 or whatever, you know? Yeah, that, is a lot, that is a lot of money. Yeah, I know, no, obviously, no. compared to other quarterbacks, but still. So, five years, 233. It's a little surprising he's that seems that set on trying to get that much money, you know. I'm, a, I'm maybe a little shocked about that as well, but you know, yeah, as he's, um, he's he's doing him, so he's he's trust as he says, he you know, trust. So, as as much as I would love to see a guy like Omar go on to the Patriots, I agree with Asante Samuel's treat tweet. Sorry, where um, BB is probably hard to play. No, hundred percent. Yeah, it was really fun watching at least when the Patriots picked Cam up, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. So fun, and I feel like Lamar would be the exact same way. Obviously, a little bit better than how Cam was. He was a little washed up when he was on the Patriots, but it was probably so fun to watch. But that would, that report is probably true. They're probably not going to even try to go for him. Um, what I think is going to happen, Lamar is probably going to settle down a little bit after fighting with the haters on Twitter, kind of like what Charles is saying, it's a little childish, but um, it's probably going to settle down a little bit, agree to a more fair contract, and just go back to the Ravens. And actually, oh, you think he's going back to the Ravens? I th- uh, I don't know if I, I want can't... that, to be honest, because of the relationship, but a lot can change in the next couple months, so I'm not ruling it out. I, I can't really see like another team fighting for him, paying so much money for a QB like Omar. He is a little bit injury prone at this point. He does play more like a running back. I think is pretty obvious. Um, so the the effect on his health could be in question with how quickly running backs retire in the league compared to wide receivers or even QBs. So. I don't know if other NFL teams really want to take the risk on Lamar, but it's definitely time will tell. Probably yeah. after the draft, at least. Yeah. All I know is Lamar can throw a football better than you, Sam. <laughs> I don't know about that. And he can run I, a lot faster, too. I can only – he could definitely run faster than me, but he'll have to come, like, come like to the, the Missouri Combine – to see if we can actually prove that until I can agree with you. He might have some time on his hands considering he doesn't want to play for the that, Ravens. That so he true. might have some time. That is true. I might just have to tweet at him. Tweet yeah. him like a video of me throwing a 40-yard bomb and see if Lamar can beat that. I'm not going to lie, though. You might be more shifty than him in the pocket. I see you, Sam, out there on the football field. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm a little shifty. I, I don't want to brag a little bit. I did run for like a what a thirty yard touchdown that one time that we played, but I don't, know if, I don't, I don't think Matt believes that. <laughs> I don't I think, think I believe that either. I'm, I'm not pretty sure lie. Matt was there. I'm pretty sure Matt was the Whoa. one like one hand on me. But oh was, yeah, you outran Matt if I remember right. Yeah, it was like <laughs> it was like the first time we all came together. Yeah, Matt one. Matt fell and fell to the hands of Shifty Sam. Matt did choke a little bit. I'm sorry, Matt. I... Oh. I don't remember that. I think I would have remembered that if <laughs> Sam would have outran me. I, I don't think Matt would I, be. I do, Matt I, I, do, I do remember, though, playing with you guys, and, and I think I was low-key kind of tearing it up against the boys, not going to lie. <laughs> not to throw now, a foe. Now Kevin, now, Kevin just freaking yeah. – he's a running back, bro. He's a yeah. little shifty guy. Kevin, Kevin is all insane. I'll say that. But um, I do remember that. I do remember uh, Martin getting a pick six against. I don't know. I don't remember who the QB was. It wasn't me, but remember Martin. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't you. You had to be adamant about that. Yeah, it wasn't me. Don't worry, it wasn't me. But he was like, "Ah, I'm Khalil Mack because (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is in 2018 with Khalil Mack. uh, No, it would have been 2019 when I got back because I would have been there. But yeah, no. It was pretty fun. I do remember I threw a good bomb to you, Sam, and you dropped it. And I was like, <laughs> what the? Oh, no. That That is true. I'm not a wide receiver either. Right? I'm a QB. I can't catch. I can't hey, run. QB one. Hey, all, all I know is if, if Sam actually outran Matt, I don't think Matt would have agreed to do a podcast with you. So 
<laughs> I don't think Matt would be here right now. He'd be somewhere else. I don't know where. He'd just be somewhere else. Yeah, I I think I I think I think we're we're good on. How's the time? How how do we do? I always like to know. We're, we're we're pretty good. We're almost at like fifty. Okay. So, yeah, that's solid. Yeah, for yeah sure. not bad. And, then, and we made Sam's morale happy by by getting a lot of yeah, baseball. Look at it. Yeah, yeah it helped me, helped me out a little bit finally. It finally yeah. accepted me into the the no notes boys. Or, or yeah, well, hey, yeah. I mean, you can still call it no notes for now. Maybe we'll like make the company called No Notes that runs this podcast, which might be a future name that we're not going to say yet. But like No Notes, uh, the, the No Notes Corporation. Yeah, no yeah notes, the corporation <laughs> doing business as. Yeah, there we go. The the name that will be named later. Still in the works, so we don't want to make anyone. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil anything, but we think we might have one. So don't want to get anyone's hopes up. I'm sorry if you you like no notes, but like the name, but don't worry, it's still it's still a thing between Matt and I, so it'll be yeah. something for a while. Yeah, but as, uh, as great, sorry, I'm not to interrupt you a million times, but as great of a name uh, as no notes is, uh, we've all kind of agreed that it. It's kind of a, a classic thing at this point. It's it's between Matt and Charles before I came in, so we kind of want to refresh the the branding a little bit and kind of go on, move on from the no no stain. Yeah, a, a, a better one in the works. We'll start a new chapter for us. So yeah, we're already you know we're we're getting the schedule, the consistent schedule going, which is good. But this is what episode four now of the the new yeah. podcast. So yeah. That yeah, this wraps it up. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you follow, like, subscribe. Uh, thank you for listening or watching. However you do, you know, no notes on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. We also have a YouTube video version that you can find at No Notes. We also have an Instagram that hasn't been used in a long time, but it's still there. If you want to give it a follow, go ahead. We we are we do actually have plans to revamp our. Yes, a little bit. So we need that social media presence. We need the social meads. The social meads. The meads. Yeah, we need the social meads. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed, and we shall see you on Monday. We hope you have a good weekend. Bye. Peace, guys. Peace.